all these people up here wearing pink. It's not about just awareness, but it's about survival. It's about trusting in God. Listen, you may not have to have ever dealt with cancer. Maybe you don't even know anybody that dealt with cancer, but, but hallelujah. But when my mother was dealing with metamyeloma and she had uh, cancer of the bone marrow, and I thank God that every time she got a blood transfusion, she would bounce back. But God was getting us ready, letting us know that I, I, I'm only going to bounce her so many times and so you better get ready. And so we come to give God praise. We come to mega. When you say my soul loves Jesus, it's because I'm a survivor. When I say my soul loves Jesus, it's because I'm an overcomer. When I say my soul of Jesus, that says I'm victorious. When I say my soul of Jesus, I'm more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, did y'all pray yet? Y'all done praying all over. No wonder it's hot up in here. No one, y'all done set it on fire already. Somebody done called down fire from heaven. Somebody done invoked the power of the Holy Ghost. Somebody done set loose and set free. Somebody has called upon the angels of God to put demons in their place. Somebody has put their foot on the neck of every devil. Somebody has set it off in here. Somebody came to give God praise. Hallelujah. Take your seats if you can. In Jesus' name. Sister June, come on up. June, come. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Here, let me tell you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I done got caught up. I got to rest now. Hallelujah. When I think about his goodness and what he's done for me, my soul cries hallelujah. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whomever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I will bless the Lord at all times, and His praises shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father God, I come before you. I thank you, Lord, for letting me have the opportunity to become before your throne of grace. Father God, I ask that you use me as your instrument. Father God, 
I thank you and I ask that as the word comes forth, God, that someone may be encouraged, delivered, healed, and reminded that you are God. In Jesus' name, I pray. If you would turn with me to Matthew 28, verses, uh, Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Amen. Amen. upon a time I labored and I was heavy burdened and I was in need of rest I prostituted my body I did drugs I was a thief and a robber there was a time that I even gave up when I stared down the barrel of a 38 I was tired, I was stressed out, I was burnt out, I was worn out. But I've been apprehended, forgetting those things that were behind me, and I moved forward in the things that are before me. Wait a minute, uh, while I shut this door. Because the devil ain't in no praise today. <clears throat> I may have done all these things. And it's a shame before God. And to God be the glory. When I was out in the streets, I looked at people as my mark. But now I press towards the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. See, Jesus didn't come for those who needed a physician. He came for those who were in need of a physician. And while I was searching the scriptures, I found that Jacob was a cheater. Peter had a temper. David had a fear. And Noah got drunk. Paul, he was a murderer. Elijah was depressed. 
and Gideon was insecure. Martha, she was a worrier. Miriam was a gospel. And Thomas was a doubter. And it didn't stop there. Sarah, she was impatient. And let us not forget about Lazarus. He was dead. And Moses, he stuttered. All these dysfunctional folks, yet God used them. See, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. And in verse 28, it says, Come to me all who you who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. All of you who are weary, depressed, have addictions, marital issues, relationship issues, or financial issues, or you're just tired of life and its struggles. God is saying, take on his authority and his teaching and follow him. See, God wants us to learn of him, walk with him, work with him, and watch how he does things. When we decide to submit our life and our will to God and let him do the driving, our burdens become light. And in verse 30, it says, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The, the yoke that God gives us is easy. See, Jesus went to the cross for you and for me. They whipped him all night long. They nailed him to the cross. And with every blow that he received, he took one for the prostitute, one for the thief, one for the robber, one for the murderer. He nailed it all to the cross to set us free. And now we have eternal life in him. Amen. Somebody shout hallelujah. There's a word for somebody in here who is still lying. There's a word for somebody who's still prostituting. Oh, yeah, yeah. And some of y'all giving it away and ain't getting paid. So there's a word. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! 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 I don't know about you, but I'm excited about God on today. He's worthy of the praise, of the honor, and of the glory. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Hallelujah!
Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but he saved a wretch and like me. Since I'm a redeemed lion today, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord Most High. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Family, we feel all right on this morning. We're going to be coming from the book of Exodus. The book of Exodus. Turn in your Bibles, if you will, with me to Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12. Hallelujah. Everybody feeling all right? Hallelujah. Exodus chapter 12. We're going to be reading and you're hearing from the New, James, New King James Version of the Bible. Exodus chapter 12. We are going to hit the fourth verse, the seventh verse, and then we're going to read the 11th through the 13th verse. Stay with me because we are going to take a flight in the 747 and we're going to take our seat. Beginning with verse 4 in Exodus chapter 12. And if the household is too small for the land, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons according to each man's need. You shall make your count for the land. We're talking about unity and coming together. Number seven. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat. Okay? The blood. Put it on the lintel. Verse 11 through 13. And thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste, because it's the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Verse 13, now the blood shall be a sign for you on the house where you are and when I see the blood I will pass over you just coming right after our sister talking about the need for rest how many of you know when we finish resting it's time to get up and do something when God gives us a period of rest then we must begin to understand while we're resting what it is we need to be prepared to do when we get up I don't know about you but I come from a season of being a flight you know they say you take flight or you fight now I'm in the season of fight. It used to be that I would fight, I would take off running. Whenever I didn't understand something, whenever I didn't feel like I had to put up with something, whenever I was just tired of something being, and sometimes I took flight because I was in disagreement with someone or something and I felt like they had more authority to me, than me, and so I would leave, but I'm in a position in my life, if nothing else because I'm getting older, that I take a stand to fight. And when I fight, I'm fighting for the right to be who God says that I am in Christ Jesus. How about you? It's time for us as the people of God to take that stand. I don't know if you recall when Trayvon Martin was killed, there was this saying going around saying, stand, uh, uh, stand your right, stand your right. So no matter where you are, what you're doing, you got to know what your rights are, first of all, in order to stand them. How many of you know if you're a sinner saved by grace on today, you've got a right to declare the goodness of Jesus? How
the word of God not only in me but over the family of God because we have the power of the Holy Ghost and with that power we are able to try to talk scorpions in the name of Jesus. It's time to make a change. There's a, there's a shift in the atmosphere. Can you feel his presence in here? There's a shift. Let me define the word shift for you. To move or pause to move from one place to another, especially over a small distance. Atmosphere, atmosphere, the pervading tone, mood, or place over a situation. There's a shift in the atmosphere. Our sister talked about rest, being able to rest in the Lord, no matter what our situation is and our circumstances are. So when you find yourself going through your bowling throughs, my sisters and brothers in Christ Jesus, first of all, we want to let you know that there's always a shift in the horizon. I have here three passages of scriptures. I'm not going to read them, but by God's grace, with the memory that I have regarding these scriptures, they will support our message as it relates to taking, preparing to take our flight. Why is that? Because first of all, let me go back right to Exodus. In the book of Exodus, when we look at the story of the Israelites being bound in Egypt, I don't know about you, but I know what my Egypt is on today. Are you familiar with your Egypt? Do you know that thing that is keeping you bound? Do you know those people or those places that are holding you hostage and they're not allowing you to be the full person that God has been able to be, that God has called you to be for such a time as this? Be become very familiar with your Egypt, not so much to, to maintain or stay in it, but to know what you're facing when it's time to fight. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of running. I wanted in the natural realm to be in track when I was a little girl, but I was too fat and I had asthma, so I couldn't do it. Fat, asthma, whatever it is, as a woman of God, I stand in the clearing today that I am rooted and grounded in the word of God, so I will fight for the right to be who And I hope and pray that we all will take on that stand. So let's right quick, when we think about the book of Exodus, and I'm going to come to you from what God has in my spirit on today so I don't get distracted by the notes. When you think about the book of Exodus and the fact that the, the, the Israelite children were bound as slaves, slaves mentality, we're no longer slaves held in bondage now, but God showed me many years ago in the early 2000s that I had a slave mentality. A wise man asked me, did God call you? to be, uh, to, to live in poverty. And when I heard that question, I didn't quite understand it at the time that I heard it, but God began to deal with me and let me know that I've called you to and for abundance. People of God, sometimes we can't walk into what God has for us because we have allowed ourselves to be conditioned and bound by our circumstances or by whatever it is that we've been through and God has brought us out of. So today I have to ask you again, are you familiar with your Egypt? I don't mean to say your Egypt for you to take it and embrace it because as a rape survivor on today, I don't declare that my rapist did anything. I'm nobody's victim and neither are you a victim to the enemy. Yeah. Know your power but understand that thing that has held you bound so when it comes time to fight, you will know how to fight and fight right. Okay, so when you're looking at this, this story over here in Egypt, we're preparing for this flight on this 747 now. That's one of the biggest planes there is to be able to board. And when you board on the plane, you know you've got to have your baggage. Nowadays, you've got to pay for your baggage. So one of the things that God has said to me in this season, travel lights. Watch this, watch this. When you look at this story, the children of Israel have been in bondage for a very long time. They have been crying and crying like you and I. We've been crying and crying. God, we need a change. God, my children. God, my mother. God, my father. God, my sisters and my brothers. God, 
Are you ready to travel on today? If God was to answer your prayer today, would you be ready to move forward with him? Would you be ready to receive that thing unto yourself so you can go forth and do whatever it is that he's called for you to do? Well, the Israelite children have been given specific instructions, and as they were given their instructions, they found themselves in a position of, of, of making sure that they were together. Don't leave one man by his or herself. But if there's one person, you take them over to the house that doesn't have that many people, so you all can be together and stay together and make sure everyone has what they need because the provider says I'm going to give you what you need but we can't be greedy and we have to recognize when he's giving things unto us and when he's calling us to come together and so here they are in a place of togetherness here they are in a place of anticipation have you ever sat on the plane and you're waiting for it to move and the, and the, and the uh, airline stewardess she, she, she's giving you instructions on what to do and how to do and what to expect and even the possibilities thereof. You see, when we study the word of God, we understand what possibilities can happen, both bad and good, things that we may or may not go through. We also understand that with every problem, there's a promise. With every promise, there is a problem. So in preparation for the flight to wherever it is you're going, and I'm not talking about ascending up into heaven now. I'm talking about going into your promise land. Right. Hallelujah. All once upon a time, I could have preached in the heaven of hell, but we're talking about right here, right now. Prepare to go into your promise land. And it's not going to be a good place if we get on out here in Toledo, Metro, uh, Toledo Airport. We got to go to the big airport so that we can get on the big plane to get to where we're going a little bit faster and in some comfort, no less. Hallelujah. How many of y'all tired of suffering? I don't know about you, but I am. Hallelujah. So with that said, this last verse, uh, verse 12 right quick. For I will pass through. And once again, instruction. God is giving specific details as to what to expect. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. So look here, then he goes on, oh, he goes on to say in 13, now the blood, now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike Egypt. How many of you know we're covered by the blood? We are covered by the blood of Jesus. So it matters not what your circumstances are. It matters not the area of sin. Now, you hear me well now. So sin separates us from God. But understand, when we repent, when we come clean before the Lord, it matters not what your slave was. Your slave has been wiped clean. When you repent, it's not a God and Lord and Savior. So even though they're talking about you, even though they're bringing up your past, even though they don't want to give you the loan because your credit is bad, even though you can't seem to go up the toilet, Understand this comes from trials and tribulation, but in the meanwhile, as long as we are prepared to travel, as long as we have taken time to understand the course of the flight, then God will give us what we need. So as we prepare to close right now, we want to remind you that there's a shift in the atmosphere, and that shift ought to bring about change. Write these three scriptures down if you have your Bibles and or pens and tablets. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1, okay? If you don't take anything else home with you from this message, take these three things home. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1, the point to take from that is timing. Timing is everything, body. Timing is everything. Hebrews 11 and 1, faith. And we know that faith is something that's hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith. 
Take that home, that's your second point. Faith is essential. Without, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And then Romans 12, 2a, mindset. I want to let you know that some of my personal hold up, my Egypt has been mindset. As I prepare to take my seat, please hear this and hear it well. I've oftentimes heard the pastor preaching and declaring the word of God. And in doing so, oftentimes there's been a call to action. I don't know who has or has not responded to the call. But today we want to leave a call to action with you. And that is to be ready. When you hear the call for you to come and to serve in any particular area of ministry, when there's a tug in your heart, when the word of God comes across or when the man or woman of God are declaring a particular word that God has put on them, be ready to answer the call. There's something coming, people of God. And when it comes, we need to be a unified body and we must be ready. There's no more getting ready, we must be ready. Be ready. That is your call to action. And come on, give God some glory again. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Give God some glory for my survivors. Hallelujah. My overcomers. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise be God. Lord, I thank you right now. I'm going to stand on behalf of my wife this morning. She was supposed to preach this morning, but but uh, on last week, as you know, she was dealing with all of this sickness, and I, I want her fully recovered so that she can stretch out and, and just let God have his way. So this morning, this morning, I pulled rank on her and asked her just to sit down and just just be first lady today. So God on mind, I'm gonna stand on her, on her behalf. Listen, three verses of scripture. Three verses of scripture. First of all, 1 Samuel 20 and 4. Whatever you yourself desire, I will do it. Whatever you yourself desire, I will do it. Second scripture, John 2 and 5. Whatever he says to you, do it. Whatever he says to you, do it. Finally, the third scripture I want to give to you this morning is Colossians 3 and 23. And whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. Somebody know where I'm going with this? Can I get a Nike kind of praise up in here and say, just do it. If you want more, then you got to do more. You got to get up and praise God. You got to get down on your knees and worship God. You got to pray and get into prayer with God and supplication. If you want God to have an outpouring for you that you shall not have room enough to. Somebody say, just do it. Just do it. 
Listen, listen, real quick, let me tell you this. Jonathan, Jonathan had gotten with David. David was on the run because Jonathan's father, the king, was trying to kill him. David was perplexed and did not, did not understand why did your daddy want to kill me? I've been nothing but loyal. I've been nothing but true. I've been right here for you. I've been fighting for him. And your father wants to kill me. Jonathan said, I don't worry about that. Is there anybody in here that can relate? You've done nothing but good to folk, but yet they keep on talking about you. Yet they keep on lying on you. Yet they keep on putting your name out on the street. You've given everything that you can give. You've got to do everything that you can do, but yet and still, folk are trying to kill you. In fact, you joined church thinking that everything was going to be all right. And then found out that there was some church folk that were trying to kill you. You found out there was some folk that were still cutting their eyes and sucking their teeth at you. You found out that there was some folk that just would not leave you alone. Even though you tried to stay on the straight and narrow, somehow or another, folk find you out and they try to kill whatever joy you thought you had. But I want you to know that if you got somebody that's a friend like Jonathan. Yeah, yeah. In fact, there's somebody better than Jonathan. Yeah. Jonathan said, wait a minute. I want you to understand one thing, David. That I love you. And in spite of what my father says or what my father's trying to do, sometimes you got to leave family to be able to stand on your own. In other words, you got to have a certain kind of loyalty unto God that's unprecedented for anything else. In other words, when it comes to God, you don't compromise when it comes to righteousness. You don't compromise when it comes to holiness. You don't compromise when it comes to being with the, the master. You don't compromise your integrity. You don't compromise your loyalty. You don't compromise your relationship with God because you found out that there's something about Jesus. You found out there was something about the blood. You found out that he died on Calvary's cross just for you. You found out that there was saving grace in the power and in the name of Jesus. You don't compromise what saves you. You don't compromise what gives you life. Somebody, I give up a lot of things, but I can't give up Jesus. Not Jesus, not Jesus. Not Jesus. Not Jesus. Jonathan. Jonathan. See the anointing on David. Says to David, whatever you yourself desire, I will. Do it. No questions asked. I will do it. Let me run on to John real quick and talk to John, and John will tell you that there's a wedding going on. John tells you that the wedding Jesus was invited. And John will tell you that at the invitation he went, he was just going to be a guest. 
Y'all know the story where they had run out of wine. They was partying hard. They was cuban shuffling. They was wobbling. They were doing all what they thought they could do. And after it got good to them, they ran out of wine. As if the party had come to an end. I don't know. Jesus' mother got caught up in the melee of what was going on. And, and, and she goes to Jesus and says, they have no more wine. And Jesus says, woman, what do I have to do with you? Not being disrespectful, but understanding that this was not the appointment that he had chosen to have his first miracle. But because she had asked the question, she went back after his response and told the servants whatever he said. whether they were going to get wine or not. But whatever Jesus says, whatever is the next thing that comes out of his mouth, whatever his response is to you, just do it. See, there's a, there's a problem with some of us because in the first part of this message, I talked about loyalty. But in this part, I'm talking about following instructions. That's the problem with a lot of God's folk. We can't follow instructions. That's a problem with church folk. We can't follow the, the order of protocol. That's a problem in church that somehow or another we get caught up in ourselves to fail to follow instructions. But Mary is clear on this point. Whatever he says, do it. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The reason that many of us are not walking in the blessings that God has already ordained for us is because we fail to do it. The reason that we are not healed is because we fail to go forth and do the things that God has called for us to do. The end of the story goes that Jesus told them, go get some pots. In fact, not just any pot, but get the pots that are used for the cleansing. In other words, the pots that they used to wash their feet. The pots they used to wash their hands that were sitting out front with about 30 gallons of water in a kelp get those. And he, and he, as they were bringing the pots somewhere, he said, take them to the kingdom of, of the wedding feast. They took them and somewhere along the line, foot water became wine. I, I need somebody to say, oh, that's just nasty. But there's something about God that he specializes in nastiness. I'm a witness to the fact he specializes in nastiness because I was nasty. I was messed up. I was broke. 
Lord, the 